And a happy Mission Sunday to you all. So glad to have you uh, with us. And in a moment, we'll have a handful of our missionaries up here uh, and sharing with us. But I, I want to take a moment to just try to frame up for us and to give us a biblical lens and a biblical perspective on, on what it is that we're going to hear and how it is that we should uh, understand that. Um, and, and I want to do so by really just reviewing at least part of what we've seen uh, in the first three chapters of John's Gospel. Because when you look at the first three chapters of John's Gospel, one of the thematic elements that drives over and over and over again uh, is this notion of witness, right? Uh, that that, that um, God is calling His people to bear witness about Him. In fact, all the way back in the prologue, we see this coming out uh, with reference to John the Baptist. It says this in John 1, 6 and following. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And so we see that God had given this divine mission, this divine testimony uh, to John to bear witness about Jesus. And that by professing faith and believing in Christ, that's where salvation uh, was found. All right. So 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 that's where it starts. But uh, as John's gospel continues, we see this notion of testimony and witness uh, continuing and uh, later in John one, John bears witness to Jesus both in baptizing him, uh, but also in proclaiming. Right, remember when he's standing there with some of his disciples and he says, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world," making reference to the fact that Jesus will be the atonement. Jesus will be the one that satisfies the wrath of God for your sin and my sin, and and reconciles us back to God. A few verses after making that proclamation. John is standing there with a few of his disciples. And remember when he says to them, he's like, the Lamb of God. To which those disciples are like, yeah, John, we're out. We're going to follow him and we're done following you. And they begin to follow Jesus. And then as we saw just a couple weeks ago, when you get to John chapter 3, toward the back half of John 3, some of the disciples who had stayed with John are starting to freak out because those who had stayed are now leaving uh, to follow Jesus as well. To which John's response is what? He must increase, but I must decrease. That it's about the elevation and proclamation of Jesus, not about uh, ourselves. And so inasmuch as this is true for John and this, this testimony or this witness theme that drives, I would argue that it's also true for you and I. That you and I are to be witnesses to the redemptive work and to the finished work of Jesus. And that's what we're going to hear from these different missionaries. And so let, let me just be uh, maybe unapologetically clear that in as much as we're going to hear different things from them, this is ultimately about Christ and his work and what he's doing, uh, not, not only here locally, but what he's doing globally. And what you're going to hear from is people who are simply fulfilling their role to testify to the supremacy of Christ which is our role as well, right? We think about the Scriptures and we think about uh, Great Commission texts. Uh, Matthew 28, for example, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Or you think about Acts 1, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You think about other texts, uh, like in Romans 1, when Paul talks about, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why are you not ashamed, Paul? Well, because it's the power of God unto salvation for both the Jews and the Greeks, or really all people. You think about what Paul talks about in the book of Philippians and, and, and this, this notion of partnership in the gospel. All of those items are really thematic for what's unfolding for us here 
this morning. And so I, I say that because I don't want us to miss out on, on the deeper heart of what's going to unfold here. That this is not simply, oh, we get to hear some cool things from some of our missionaries since the last time that we've seen or heard from them. I would argue that today has a far fuller reach and a far deeper effect for us as a church. In fact, here's some of the ways I hope that, and certainly have been praying towards, uh, that this will play out for you and I. First of all, I think what we're going to hear should challenge you and I towards missional living. That missional living is not simply for vocational uh, ministers, right? It's not simply for those who derive their living from the gospel. It's true for all of those who would profess to be a follower of Jesus. In fact, that's what Ephesians 4 tells us, right? That all of us have been equipped to fulfill of the work of the ministry. Secondly, I, I think part of what happens today, certainly what we've been praying for at the pastoral level around today, is meant to push us towards considering and praying around what God would call us to in our lives. That for some of you, th- there might be a shift in the trajectory of what you are thinking and where you think God is leading you. Right? Some of you might be looking at retirement thinking, oh, I can't wait to do blank, and God's going, that's really cute, because that's not going to happen. This is where I'm going to move you. Others of you are much younger and you're thinking about a future career or what that's going to look like for you. And you're like, oh, I need to get some schooling or get to this. And, and then I can move on to that. And God's like, yeah, that schooling's going to be helpful. Or this is going to be helpful. But that's not where I'm leading you. By God's grace, helping us to see what that would look like. Thirdly, it's meant for us to see the variety of ways that we can be actively involved in missions and particularly with some of our missionaries. So whether that's financial partnership, uh, whether that's us being committed to pray for them, whether that's us serving alongside them, uh, ways that we can encourage them, part of what should be unfolding here is, and how is it that we are better partnered with them in ministry? And I think uh, in totality, it's meant to encourage us that God is doing a good work in a number of different places. And as we see the good work that God is doing, that we're, we're, we're encouraged uh, at his hand and his rule, uh, that we worship in awe at his supremacy and his sovereignty over all things, and that we simply marvel at all that our God is doing. So here's what's going to happen. In a moment, I'm going to start calling up our missionaries. I'll briefly introduce them, uh, and then we'll get to asking questions, uh, and we're going to have a panel discussion pretty much for the rest of our time, uh, although at the tail end of the service, we'll gather around the missionaries and pray over them. Um, but one of the ways that I want to maybe help you move towards that time to pray in an informed manner is in the back. Actually, Pastor Brian has a number of these. Uh, we would encourage, if, if you don't have one of these, uh, to get one of these. If you want to raise your hand, uh, Brian will get you one. Um, just keep your hand up until he gets it to you. But inside this, uh, the, all the different missionaries uh, are in here. So I would encourage you to do two things with this. One is to, uh, to, to, to take notes and to pay attention as they're talking about different things. Just jot things down or write them down. And then I would encourage you to use these uh, around the dinner table or with your family or whoever it might be. Uh, in, in order to be a reminder. We did not print these so you could recycle them next week. Uh, we pr- reprinted these for them to be a resource uh, that you can use and be praying for uh, in and around uh, the different people that we're supporting. So um, let me get to my list. i got to make sure I'm calling the right people up uh, because we had a different uh, group of people first service. So um, <clears throat> as I call you up, missionaries, just come up, find a, a seat that you're comfortable with, 
And um, I know some of them are a little bit higher. That doesn't mean you're better or worse. Uh, We just didn't have enough room on the lower part. Also, if you're sitting on one of these edge seats, I have a really bad habit of leaning back in my chair, uh, but one of the legs is not far from falling off the stair. So lean back at your own peril, okay? That's uh, my encouragement to you in that. But um, so Chuck and Cindy Harper, I'm not sure which one of you coming up. I think, Chuck, you're coming up. Uh, Chuck and Cindy Harper, uh, can we welcome them? Chuck and Cindy work with a ministry called Across Nations. Uh, they, they live and work on the Navajo Reservation. In fact, some of you heard them first service uh, up in the, the youth room doing really good gospel work uh, on the Navajo Reservation. Excited to have them uh, with us. Uh, secondly, Francis and Natalie Arjona, uh, come on up. And they're both going to come up because they, they live in Spain. Um, and so their primary language is Spanish. And uh, so, so they're both going to be up here to do some translating work uh, if, if needed and necessary, uh, but doing good gospel work uh, in Spain. Uh, and if you, if you have a tendency to think that Europe, who needs missionaries in Europe, uh, you might be surprised to know that about 2% of Europe's population is truly uh, evangelical or born again. Uh, so uh, Europe desperately needs uh, missionaries over there. Uh, Steve Moore. Steve, where are you, brother? Coming up. A number of you know Steve. And his wife, Catherine, who dramatically just walked in. Uh, Steve and Catherine uh, serve with Wycliffe. Uh, Steve is a good friend to a number of you. Uh, Steve lives here in town. Well, Steve kind of lives here in town. He's gone so much. Uh, but, but travels around, does a lot of work ministering to different missionaries that have a number of conflict or issues that they're trying to navigate. Um, and then with EFCA West, we have Bob Osborne. And so uh, a number of you, can we welcome him? It's like they weren't going to clap for you or something, right? So Bob is part of the district. uh, And so for a lot of you, you might not interact with the district. I interact quite a bit uh, with different folks from the district. Bob, thanks for being here. Uh, Bob actually writes a regular newsletter on leadership uh, and different things like that that our elders have used a number of times. We found that to be really, really helpful and really thankful for him and who he represents as a part of our denomination and uh, the district. And then with Coach uh, Chad Clark, let's welcome him. Coach, Coach is a financial ministry here in Albuquerque, uh, and they use... Uh, basically the different ways that people have financial struggles and issues uh, to uh, share the gospel and to help people align their finances uh, towards uh, God's ways of handling our finances, but more importantly, sharing the gospel with them. A number of you know Mike Cosgrove, and Mike, was that two, three years ago? Has it been three years? Holy cow, time flies. So Mike had founded that ministry uh, a number of years ago, um, and then as a part of his transition plan, had brought Chad into that. And then finally, with Healing Hearts, Alan Miller. Uh, come on up, brother. Alan is a part of our church here. Uh, he and his family, uh, they moved down here. Hasn't even been a year, right? So Healing Hearts, a number of you know Sue uh, Liljenberg, uh, who founded the ministry. Sue and Gary moved down here. Four or five years ago, they're actually in Europe right now on a vacation that the ministry gave her about a year ago. Took her, took her a year to actually take the vacation. Uh, we probably need to have a conversation with Sue about utilizing that. Um, but Sue founded that ministry. Uh, Julie Zimmerman is also... Julie, where are you at? I, there you are. Uh, Julie is a part of that ministry. Um, great, great ministry that's counseling 
women really on a number of items started as post abortive women, but has really just uh, ballooned into a variety of different ways uh, that that is taking place. Why don't you guys take a seat? There should be a couple microphones up there. Um, and so actually there's one. I'm going to grab this other one here uh, and feel free to you can just kind of maybe on one half share one and then the other half uh, share the other. And uh, I'll, I'll hand that to you, Chuck. But, you know, one of the things that I think before actually before I start asking questions, let me do this. Let me pray for us. And uh, ask God to have his hand over us. And then we'll get to uh, hearing from these guys. Heavenly Father, thank you. God, we thank you for your great kindness towards us. We thank you for gospel work uh, that's happening beyond just what's right in front of us and what we can see. And so God, we pray uh, over the course of these next few moments as we hear from these missionaries, as we hear of the good work uh, that's being accomplished uh, for your name's sake. We pray that we be challenged and encouraged and stimulated uh, in this. God, we pray that our missionaries would be blessed and encouraged by all that you're doing and all the ways that you're moving and working uh, within them. And then, God, we just pray that you would use this uh, for your glory uh, in and through your people. And so we love you, uh, we thank you, and we pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so here's what I want to do. And, and I think, Renee, I'm going to make sure I'm not in your way. But um, what I'd love to do is, is actually to hear from each of you uh, with respect to this. But one of the things that I think is just really encouraging for, for all of us here at the church is, is to be able to see beyond just the scope of what's right in front of us and to realize God is doing far more than we can think or imagine. And so I always find this to just be uh, really encouraging um, and, and at times just mind-blowing. Uh, and so just g- tell us a little bit about some of how you're seeing the Lord at work in your respective ministries. And Bob, or, uh, Chuck, I'll start with you. Well, I think the Lord is working in a lot of different ways. Um, Just this summer, we've seen a number of people come to Christ. And uh, one of the exciting things to me is that we see Native American people praying that they could be missionaries to the world. And can you imagine Native American people going back to to England with the gospel or to other countries? You know, that's a great day when you see... Mm -hmm. Um, the gatekeepers of this country praying that they could be the ones that bring about revival. Amen. Praise God for that. I um, have to give a little background before. I mean, I have the question in front of me. How is God working? I need to tell you that I'm the child of missionaries. I was born in Chile, lived there till I was 18. I married a beautiful young lady that grew up barefoot in the jungle of Peru, um, my mother was born in Japan as a child of missionaries. And so all of my life, I have promoted and, and preached missions and the need for missions. Catherine and I have been working 30-plus uh, years with Wycliffe Bible Translators, SIL, and, and we're promoting everywhere the need for Bible translation. But in the almost 60 years I've been on the face of this earth, I have come to the conclusion that people who um, get passionate about something, you know, someone dying without knowing Jesus tonight, or someone got up this morning without the Word of God, and those are legitimate needs. It's legitimate um, urgency. There's a legitimate passion. But what happens is that there are blinders that tend to grow around people with their passion, and they end up with these blinders, they end up doing great things for God, but they, they step on, on someone's toe and they elbow people. And, they, and so the last 
10, 15 years, Catherine and I have been working in getting those blinders off and saying, yes, we have to do missions. Yes, we have to do Bible translation, but not at all costs. It has to be for the sake of healthy relationships. And we're seeing blinders fall off of a lot of servants of God, passionate people who are doing things for the sake of healthy relationships and not breaking them. Steve, you often talk about, at least in, in your and my conversation, um, you have a line, God is not a, primarily a doing God, but a being God. And, and you are leaning heavily into the relational dynamics of people being right with one another. I have, most of my life, I have moved in circles where people embrace an exclusively doing God and that God winks at them and gives them a pass when their marriages are in trouble, when their families are, are when their team members don't, can't stand them. I'm telling them, that is not the God that we, we have to serve and do things for God, but for the sake of healthy relationships and not breaking them. And so I'm seeing progress in that, and I'm grateful for Praise that. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks, brother. Para nosotros es el trabajo entre matrimonios que una señora pidió ayuda y ahora empezamos con un matrimonio, ahora tenemos cinco que estamos ayudando en la, en la recuperación de los matrimonios de su, que querían divorciarse. Hemos tenido cinco conversiones en la iglesia este año. Hemos comprado el nuevo, en un local de la iglesia, lo hemos comprado y vamos a, hemos empezado otro punto de misión, el pueblo de Villanueva de Córdoba, y el próximo año vamos a hacer una campaña de evangelización y queremos invitarles a que vengan. Yes. Yes, in the last few months we have seen God working in the lives of five couples we are meeting with to help them in their marriage and sharing biblical values to them. Last year, we also had five new conversions at, at church, and we also had the possibility to buy the premises for the church, and it was on a, almost a miraculous way. And uh, God has been opening doors in the next by town, Villanueva de Córdoba, uh, where there is no church, and we have started a Bible study there every Tuesday. Awesome. Awesome. I love, I, I just got to say, I love having a different language. This is so good for us, especially looking down the road towards a Spanish-speaking congregation. This is, this is just practice, loved ones, uh, for what's in front of us. So, all right, Bob. Well, be careful what you pray for or talk about, because I'm one of those guys that was going to be retired after a career in law enforcement, and never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would be sitting here doing this or doing what I've been doing the last six years. Um, the overarching mission of the Evangelical Free Church of America is to multiply transformational churches among all people. In my role with the EFCA West District, we serve 200 churches in seven western states, is really to train and to strengthen the, the community of leaders in local churches, and especially in times of crisis or difficulty or impending change. And so uh, with that, because that's the work I do, the things that I'm really excited about that I'm seeing that the Lord is doing, uh, right now baby boomers are retiring. And I am so encouraged by the younger pastors that are coming up to take their place. I am really excited about the church of the future. Uh, I don't think we have anything to fear 
under their leadership. They are excited, they are focused, they are on mission, and uh, they're really good at what they do. I'm also excited that, that I'm seeing in our district a, a renewed emphasis on church planting, um, with the realization that every church is probably not going to plant themselves a church, but they can still be involved in the process of partnering with other churches and, and planting and supporting church planters. And then the third thing, we just hinted at it, is in the West especially we're seeing just a massive um, uh, a wave of people focusing on all people part of our mission. And we're seeing a lot of, of congregations that have uh, heretofore been like completely white um, that are, are realizing that the world is coming uh, to our area. And they're, they're embracing congregations that speak different languages, have different customs. And, and it's just a big word. Just recently up in, I think it's like, you wouldn't expect this, but Park City, our church in Park City just started a Spanish language congregation um, because the blinders are coming off, right? And we're, we're seeing what's actually around us. I'm really excited about those three things. Awesome. Thank you. <clears throat> well, uh, I think for us, um, anybody here love talking about their finances and money? Anybody? Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a joy. I uh, love it. Um, you know, but it's such an important part um, of Christ's ministry. He had uh, uh, 16 of his 38 parables talked about money. Over 2,000 verses talk about money. That's more than prayer and faith combined. And um, I think for all of us here, money is an issue of the heart. And so we're just honored to uh, be able to help people overcome some of the lies that the world tells us about money, about the security that it provides, about how it's a measurement of our value and our worth. Like those are, those are not how God views us. And so it's just so powerful for us to be able to come in uh, and actually, you know, counteract some of those lies that so many people are hearing and believing and just to see and look up to God and say, look, how do we be good stewards of what you've entrusted to us? How do we use this to really glorify you and not ourselves? And so we see that through redeemed marriages um, where couples are having a really difficult time managing money and they can come together and uh, have a shared vision of how they can glorify God through those resources. We're just seeing so many powerful things being done um, by reshaping the way people view and manage money. Um, so we're just we're thankful to see all of that taking place. It's not easy, though, because yeah. money's a tough topic, not something people want to talk about. Uh, but when they do, it's really powerful to be able to help them reshape the way they look at it. Praise God. Alan? Well, let's see. 30 years of ministry for Healing Hearts um, is... Uh, there's a lot of amazing stories that have happened along the way. Um, I get to uh, I get to witness it from the uh, the support staff side. So um, Healing Hearts Ministries uh, is uh, built on the just being a gospel centered, grace driven ministry that that enters into to people's lives in a, in, a, in in difficult places. Um, primarily, you know, it began uh, in abortion as as a uh, um, uh, a place where our, our, our founder, Sue, Sue found herself in as a young woman and where God eventually reached her later in life. And as she became, you know, in, into the gospel, you know, she, she came into hearing that and working through it and realizing, how do I reconcile my past? Um, nobody wants to talk about it. She doesn't want to talk about it. You know, and this, this is the storyline for all of our clients that we work with. Um, it's a difficult place to find yourself on that topic, let alone, let's, you know, throw in the... the uh, you know, domestic abuse, um, uh, drug abuse, uh, you know, uh, pornography. All these, all these issues become 
uh, they're, they're, they're ones that we will pack up tight and we will, we will hide them in the darkest corner of wherever we can. And we're going to say, I love the Lord and I want to move on and I just don't know what to do with this. And those are hard moments that people find themselves in um, that God's grace wants to touch. Right. And that's, that's what excites me. Um, as a sports staff, I get to help enable uh, our, our, our team, our, our people. They're, they're here in our church, as you mentioned, a few of our members here, you know, Sue and Julie and, and uh, Linda as well is another one. And I know there's a few that are even praying about would God lead them to, to join. That's here in our local church. This is throughout the U.S. Um, we have 29 active states that have multiple leaders in them, you know, some of them 30 leaders or more. Um, uh, and uh, um, so currently, yeah, almost 200 active right now. And over the years, has been somewhere around the 500 range, I think, that we've been able to, to work in that time. And uh, just we get to enable them with the tools, the support, the organization that, that gives them what they need to, to, to reach out into their communities. Um, and some of these communities also, they, they're reaching outside the world. We, we have an online presence that allows us to go into um, a number of different, different countries. So this past year, something exciting for me has been seeing uh, Japan. You know, half a percent Christian yeah. nation. I mean, this is not what, but they were able to be reached. A woman there reached through that um, that study online and being able to meet one on one with one of our counselors through that means. Um, and so, a lot of a lot of what I get to do is 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 connecting all those dots and getting them them able to uh, be available and found and uh, entering into people's lives at a very hard point and then seeing the gospel unpack. You know, we just unpack God's word. You know just in a, in a, in a steady uh, uh, um, process, you know, take them right through to understand truly who they are in Christ and what he has done to forgive them. And Amen. that, that just, the, the transformation that happens there goes beyond that one individual that turns into a transformed family that, you know, when a, when a mother or we have men studies as well, when a father or a brother or son or daughter, whatever relationship there, that completely radically changes how they see their families and how they see their church body and how they see their community and uh, to hear how that trickles out in the, the transformation that we'll hear from even those other members saying, what has happened to this person I love? Yeah. I didn't even know this was a problem, but we're seeing them set free. Awesome. It's exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Alan, let me stay with you and then we'll work back uh, around uh, the panel here for a moment, but um, <clears throat> appreciate hearing about some of the fun things you guys are excited about. Look ahead for us a little bit. And church, this might be a place you start jotting down some notes of things that you want to be praying for on and around and with uh, these uh, different folks on. But what are some things that are coming down the line uh, in the ministry that y'all are excited about or looking forward to? What does God have coming down the line for you guys? And then for us, as we're thinking about this, here's how we, we join you all in praying for that. Uh, excited to keep seeing how God's unfolding all of his purposes or why he relocated us to New Mexico. Uh, as an organization, this is, we've been uh, up in Washington for 30 years, as I mentioned, and uh, you know, slowly God brought Sue down here, the Wilgenbergs, and then eventually that vision of the, the ministry coming down as well, and that's where I came into the picture. Um, but uh, being able to uh, just see all the reasons why, I mean, we know you know, one that we kind of wondered, like, okay, what Lord are you doing here? But I mean, New Mexico is a high abortion state. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not not a surprise, you know, when you look at all the numbers happening there. So this is a great mission field for that particular issue alone. 
Um, and so we're wondering, God, what, is this part of what you're having us do, you know, being available here and what might come from that, uh, as there's certainly other organizations, you know, around that. Um, so I can't wait to see as the mysteries unfold there. Um, but we are excited about, uh, actually, this, this um, we have a, we've seen a lot more international growth that uh, has been happening in recent years. Um, so Cuba is one that has been able, we've been able to publish our studies over there and, and train the, the local churches there and see a lot of great things happening that, you know, as those doors opened. So we're excited to see the ministry continue there. Um, do pray on that one in particular because it is starting to become more persecution for the churches there. So as God has brought them together and some really awesome things happening uh, in line with that, it's also starting to close at the moment. And so we, you know, we say, God, take what we've given so far and, and multiply it. Um, we're seeing uh, Romania is another one where we've been able to have our, our studies translated into, and it's been kind of dormant for a, a number of years. Just hasn't been a support staff uh, on the ground, but we're seeing that come back. So actually, next June, so the plans are already in motion. Sue will be traveling there. Uh, I believe Pastor Paul, yeah, my father-in-law. your father-in-law, yeah. is actually connected over there with, with some of the things. So to revive that, that, um, that hub of ministry, That's, that is a, uh, uh, a needy, uh, country when it comes to abortion in general too, um, so seeing that that plan come together and where God will take that, and um, you know then you have like these these um, uh, another really exciting one is uh, the uh, Association of Certified Biblical Counselors is an organization we, we are aligned with, and um, they train lay leaders much like we do in our ministry, um, but they have approached us with the uh, the intent to say can we. We'd love to use your materials and, and your organization as as a track for training our, you know, broad uh, uh, biblical counseling community, uh, which is thousands upon thousands here. And um, so that's a, a, just a great growth of going, wow, God, bringing us in contact with that. Where will this go? Uh, and through the resources, they've asked, we, we have the resources to translate into Mandarin. Um, I'm, uh, that's that's a that's an exciting thing. It's also a, like a whoa. Okay, <laughs> we can't go. There's a lot of things that go into to, to growing in those ways. And so, um, pray with us on those. I mean, that God leads, He does. Um, that we remain following Him on these things, and for the resources that inevitably have to come together to to support that, and just to see those other, you know, uh, outside of our little local here or the the nation. Uh, uh, you know, United States, but into the other countries that, that doors are opening for, that we can take the gospel in there and, and, and see these things transform. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Chad, how about you, brother? Yeah. Um, well, we're part of the technology problem that you talked about earlier, so I apologize for that. Um, yeah, we, we it's t- a problem. It's just a different it, dynamic. It's a different right? dynamic. And, and we've, we've uh, you know, we, we took... Uh, some of the great stuff you guys, many of you know, Mike Cosgrove, and we've translated it into um, an, an application, and, and it's been just really exciting. It was a, a pipe dream, really, and for us to be able to, to pull that off was really God's hand, and um, so we're thankful for that. But with that, uh, we now have the ability to reach people that we would have never been able to in a classroom setting in, in Albuquerque and Rio Rancho, and so uh, we're seeing organizations, the blinders are coming off because um, there are other people doing biblical financial stuff, and um, 
you know, we're finding ways to begin to partner on a national level. And so it's really exciting uh, that, that some of these great organizations uh, are coming alongside and saying, hey, you know, some of these tools and resources can be beneficial for the people we're trying to help as well. And so um, another big uh, praise is uh, we work a lot with corporations now. And this is an amazing opportunity to get into the lives of people who maybe would never step foot into a church. Um, you know, we can't go in there and have scripture, um, you know, in, in the classes and stuff that we do, but it's an amazing opportunity for us to build relationships with these people and through those relationships to uh, just speak truth to them. And it's been an incredible opportunity just to, to um, plant seeds. We see ourselves as really plant, planting seeds and, um, you know, helping challenge people's perspective about money and the role it plays in their lives. So we're just excited to see how God is using some of the things that we've taken a step of faith in, in building and doing and um, and just seeing that he's honoring that and hopefully that he continues to grow that so we can have an even bigger impact for his kingdom. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited about change. Um, and this might be a You're, good time. You might time. be the only person that's ever said well, that. Well, maybe the only one of my generation um, that, that would say that. But I'm excited about change and this might be a good opportunity to mention that EFCA is on page 12 of that little booklet, and all the contact information there is no longer accurate, with one exception, and that's my email address. So if you want to contact us, I'd be happy to, you know, shift, uh, you know, uh, forward that email or whatever to whoever needs to get it. But we've had a, a number of changes within our own organization in recent months, and it's changed our mailing address and our phone numbers and all that kind of stuff. And so we'll get that straight straight with uh, your your church office staff here. Regret that I didn't get it to you in time to maybe update that that booklet, but I'm happy to play that role. And the the, re- the the change that I'm really excited about really relates to the transitions that are occurring in churches. And uh, most of the time it's when the, the baby boomer era pastor, lead pastor, senior pastor, uh, retires or, or moves on to you know some other uh, related ministry because what happens is that causes the church to change because every time a group or an organization gets new senior leadership, change happens. It's not the same organization it used to be. And I find that change is exciting in churches. They get renewed in, uh, enthusiasm, renewed vision. Um, they they modify their strategies to actually reach the people who are you know now the majority of who's living here instead of perhaps just uh, some of us uh, older folk. I, and I get to work with churches and in, in developing strategy, clarifying mission, uh, revising church governance documents, something everybody else in the world hates. I somehow love um, just all we those kinds God of things. For and one of the, the thing that is so cool about transitions in a church is it's a time where the church, if they handle it well, they develop clarity in who they are and what they're about. And there's nothing like clarity in a church family to move that church family forward in mission. And so I get real excited about the changes uh, that we're seeing. And then one thing that's kind of personal in my area of service with our team is, uh, Lord willing, we will have, I, I will be creating and leading, uh, I believe it'll be three sessions, what we're calling the Normal Church Network. The Normal Church in America has less than 100 people uh, that attend there. That's the normal size church uh, in churches across America. And I would 
believe, I haven't actually counted, that probably close to 50% of the churches in the EFCA West District are of normal size. And there really isn't a whole lot for them. And so we're creating a, a uh, kind of a, a little roadshow where we're going to gather those pastors of the normal-sized churches together for uh, uh, over three days and talk about the issues that they're facing. Let them drive the agenda. And we'll, we'll do it. We're, we're planning so far to do one in the cent- northern Central Valley in California, one in Southern California. Um, 133 of our 200 churches are somewhere in Central and Southern California. And then probably the third one will be in, in uh, Phoenix, and that'll probably reach my capacity for doing them this year. But we're really excited about gathering our normal-sized church pastors together to minister to them specifically in the arenas in which they work. Un tema puntual es la campaña que queremos hacer en el pueblo de Villanueva de Córdoba este verano. Vamos a tener un equipo para eh, empujar el crecimiento de ese pequeño grupo que tenemos en el pueblo. Uh, we are excited about an outreach we plan for next July in the town of Villanueva de Córdoba, where we would like to li- we would like to plant a new church. So we will have a very special outreach in July. El desarrollo de la propia iglesia de Pozo Blanco, que aunque es pequeña, pero me anima el poder eh, desarrollar el liderazgo y todos los y el crecimiento de la iglesia. We are also excited about uh, our small church. It's still a small church, but we are uh, involving people in ministries and in leadership, and it's a good thing. Yes. Praise God. Un sistema de sostenible de financiación para la asociación El Buen Samaritano. And we are looking for um, a self-support for the Good Samaritan Rehabilitation Center. Hemos creado la marca de El Buen Samaritano de aceite extra virgen ecológico. Yeah, we have a brand uh, for organic uh, extra virgin olive oil because we have olive trees at the rehab center. Ya tenemos la licencia para poder venderlo en los Estados Unidos. We have the license now to sell this oil in the states. Y ahora lo que estamos buscando es quién lo puede distribuir. And now we are looking for people who could be distributors. Ya lo estamos distribuyendo en Alemania, Francia y, y, y Alemania, Alemania, Inglaterra y Francia. We already sell this oil in France, Germany and England. Tenemos millones y millones de litros de aceite para vender para extender el evangelio. There are millions of liters of olive oil that we can sell. That's awesome. For yeah. extending their gospel in, in, in the world. In the world. Y lo que más me, me emociona es el trabajo de M4. What I'm more excited about is uh, the work with uh, the movement M4. Es, una, es un movimiento de plantación de iglesia a nivel nacional. It's a church planting movement at a national level. Ya está también en otros 15, 15 países europeos. And it's already in over 15 countries in Europe. Tenemos ahora mismo 38 lugares que se están plantando nuevas iglesias en España. Now 38 new places are having church planting in Spain. 11 de esos equipos están en Cataluña. 11 of them are in Catalonia. Ustedes conocen cuál es la situación. Maybe you have heard in the news uh, the situation in Catalonia. Y el presidente de todas las iglesias en Cataluña me dijo. And the president of all the churches, evangelical churches in Catalonia, said to me. 
La única solución es el Evangelio. The only, the only solution is the gospel. Y la unidad entre diferentes partes de España con Cataluña lo estamos demostrando con estos proyectos. And we are, we are showing unity among churches in all over Spain uh, to do this. Del 2020 a 2030, uh, between 2020 and 2030, vamos a plantar uh, 5.000 iglesias nuevas en España. The plan is to plant 5, new churches. Con todas las denominaciones. Uh, with all denominations. Todos los líderes más importantes están en una mesa de trabajo. The, the leaders of all denominations are together. Y hemos decidido, vamos a ese esfuerzo juntos. And we have decided to do this effort. Así together. que si os queréis animar con este asunto, estáis invitados. So you are invited if you want come and join us. <laughs> <laughs> incluso, incluso, y la solución, ¿sabéis dónde está la solución? And do you know where is the solution? 3G. 3G? Uh, yeah. D. Tres generaciones Three invo generations involucradas en las misiones. Involved in missions. Los jóvenes, uh, young people, los adultos adults, y los ancianos. And, uh, the old people. Old people, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for... I love how Bob just pointed at himself like that would be me. But, <laughs> but this, is, this is very... Uh, es muy importante... Tener a toda la generación involucrada, incluso los niños. It's very important to have all generations involved in the project. So, just quick clarification: five thousand churches. That's the goal yeah, for now. Spain, yes. For whole of Spain, in the next ten, eleven years. Yeah. In ten years. You might want to write that one down and pray for that. It's <laughs> awesome, Steve. How about you, brother? It's my turn, and. Um, I was here the first service. Several of you were here the first service, and I suspect that for most of you right now, it's like taking a sip from a fire hydrant, and you're getting too much information, and, and you're over, overwhelmed and overloaded. I want to put on the table that Catherine and I have been in this massive Bible translation movement that uh, not only translates the Bible, but helps people how to read and write and use the scriptures and apply it to their lives. We will always be in that, in that movement. But um, uh, in the last 10 or 15 years, I've been working, we've been working with leaders and, and, and encouraging them, especially helping them uh, with conflict, helping them avoid conflict. And uh, in the last couple of months, Catherine and I have taken on the challenge to be a nexus, to be a bridge between um, the Latin American, Ibero-American church and and Eurasia, SIL Eurasia. There's a part of the, parts of the world uh, that have incredibly delicate, uh, sensitive needs that can't be marketed easily. And so um, Catherine and I have been, uh, will be putting flesh and bones to some of those messages in Latin America and getting people to, uh, from the Saharas to, the, to Siberia. And I'm excited because I was just uh, a couple, three weeks ago at the wedding of um, Eddie and Gabi. And they're from Nicaragua. And uh, a few days after they got married, they got their visas to Spain, and they um, left, and they are now studying with Pepe Herrero in Spain, in Proel, nine, ten months, with the heart of going to incredibly difficult countries that I can't even name, between the Saharas and Siberia. Exciting stuff. 
incredible stuff. And I'm making sure that they're going as peacemakers and as reconcilers because dividers and troublemakers need to stay home and, and cause trouble in their home churches and not go to the mission field. No, no, no. Don't tell them to cause trouble in their home churches. Tell them to repent. Chuck, how about you? Love this so much. Um, well, we're excited about a number of things, and uh, one of those is that we believe Native America will no longer be a mission field, but become a mission force. Amen. And we're seeing that happen, and we're just thrilled about it. We're talking about Bible translation, just this year, we finished the first version of the Navajo Bible in what is called Uniscript. Now, Uniscript, we think, can be a way for Navajo people to go across nations and help translate Scripture to where anybody can learn to read and write, even if they've never been literate before. Um, this is a brand new way to do so, and it's all built around the way your mouth makes shapes and your nose makes sounds. And uh, so it's an easy way. The only people right now that know how to read Navajo Uniscript are preschoolers who don't even know how to read yet. But they can read the Bible to their grandparents, and their grandparents can learn to read, even though they've never learned how to read and write before. So that's one of the brand new things that we're really excited about, and uh, we'll tell you more about that at our booth. But uh, we're also excited about finishing our new radio station. This church is, is uh, going to be helping us with that. It's going to be made out of three shipping containers. One of them will be built out here in Albuquerque. And uh, so we're really excited about what God, God is doing with that. On our horizon, we're also working on uh, establishing a new business, small business incubator where we can teach Native American people how to uh, start their own jobs. Everywhere we go in Native America, the complaints are always the same. You know, no jobs, too much unemployment, too much, you know, all the, these social problems. Well, we want to address that so we can really mobilize Native people to be agents of gospel to the world. Mm, I'm also excited that people are beginning to really recognize there's needs even here in New Mexico. How many? We have 19 tribes in New Mexico, and some of them have no established church. There might even be some Pueblo tribes that have no real known believers yet. I mean, can you imagine a, an outreach to Zia or to uh, Santa Domingo or Sandia? You know, there's some native indigenous tribes right here within a half-hour drive from our, from our home that don't know Jesus yet, have no established church. And so I'm excited to see Native America wake up and, and uh, become, you know, more people reach out to them and then see them find their place in God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about Isaiah 61, where Jesus said, or a prophetic passage, Jesus will come and heal the brokenhearted. He'll exchange the headdress for, a, for righteousness, for all these good things. You know, I think we're in a new day. I'm yeah. excited about change, too, because change is truly coming. And if we don't wake up, we're going to be asleep at the wheel. Look at all the social problems going on in our country, all of the you know, immigration issues, you know, all of those things. The answer is only in the gospel of mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. It should be chilling to you, loved ones, that there are unreached people literally 30 minutes away. Often we think of unreached people groups being on the other side of the planet, other side of the globe, and they're literally right down the road. Thank you, Chuck. That's a really, really helpful word for us to hear. Let, let me shift a little bit, and, and you don't all have to answer this, really, whoever wants to give input, uh, happy for that, but uh, think about us as a church, right? One of the things that we want to be as a church is we want to be invested, we want to be involved, we want to grow in our heart and our desire uh, around missions and the gospel and, and nations and, 
and being missional. And so really, as a church, here's my question for you. What input or counsel would you give to a church like ours in various ways that we can be a part of the work? And so be really practical and tangible. Um, put flesh on this uh, for us, if you will, and, and help us. What, what input or counsel would you give to us? Uh, so, Natalie, this is number five. This is question number five that I sent to you guys. So I'm jumping ahead. I sat through the first service, and I knew this question was coming. And if you ever watched that old television show, Welcome Back, Cotter, I felt like Horshack in the back going, oh, oh, call me. You know. <laughs> so I, I just want to share something. I, I've been in the church. I was in the church nursery when I was 10 days old. And so my whole life has been spent in the church, um, you know, I, I was taught tithing when my allowance was 10 cents because I got a nickel and five pennies, you know. So, I mean, that's just a part of my life. And I always gave the missions stuff, I mean, to, you know, the church, and the church always gave the missions. But there was something significant that happened the first time in addition to doing that tithe that I, well, actually it wasn't even me and Charlene, Charlene and I, contributed ourselves and wrote our own check to that missionary. And over the years, we've been able to do that several times. And the relationship that, that we have with those missionaries that we actually personally contribute to directly is completely different than the relationship that I have with the other missionaries that just, you know, the church as a whole supports. So if you want to be connected, my suggestion would be pick one or two or three or 14 of the 14 names in your booklet and start writing a, a check or a charge or what, however you give to that person. And you'll have a much closer connection. And the more of you that individually have close connections with people serving outside of this particular church, the, the, the deeper this church as a whole will, will uh, be involved in the, in the mission emphasis that you have. That's a great word. Thank you for that, Bob. Who else? What other input or counsel? My hearing needs aren't working perfect, but I think, what I, I think it follows what, what you just said. Um, Catherine and I are, are children of missionaries. We've been going to churches all our lives where people look at us and say, oh, Look at what you're doing and like that. And when when Catherine and I became missionaries, we we I remember vividly the first few times people would cry and they would pat us on the back and we would go on the podium and we would say, "Please, please don't hold us on a pedestal. We are nothing without you. Don't think that we all oh, you know these people that get a, a, a vaccination, a visa, uh, put their their belongings into two suitcases and go to Timbuktu are are great and we're not great. No, we are dead meat without you. We need your support. It's teamwork. Um, and so I, I had in my mind the third question. You know what frustrations is that? I there's a friend of mine in Latin America who's leaving missions. And, and just kicking it all, and he's um, leaving it. And I said, why are you leaving? Because it's ministerial exploitation. And I said, what do you mean? He says, people are squeezing us and asking us to do things, and they're not giving us the funds and the resources to do it. And I'm sick and tired of it. I won't be exploited anymore. And so how can this church be a part, please continue to support Catherine and me. We, medical, all kinds of stuff. We, we, we need your finance. 
we can't do what we do without your your prayer support. We're, it's a massive uh, warfare that we're in, and all of us here in the first panel, we can't do it without you guys going with us and 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 being the air force of of and, and bombarding the enemy and weakening him. Um, but but help Catherine and me to again. These these folks are going with very little funds to Spain. And they're, they're hoping to go to the ends of the earth. Please, please talk to me and, and see how we can make sure that they're, not, that they're not a part of a system that they think is exploiting them ministerially. Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? Una recomendación sería que la iglesia tuviera grupos de oración más pequeños por matrimonios específicos. Es decir, un grupo de 10 personas con un misionero durante tres meses, orando por este misionero. Uh, one idea could be to form prayer groups, uh, one for each uh, missionary family, maybe 10 people, who could be supporting during so several months uh, by prayer this particular missionary family. And then we would have to send more information on a regular basis, but maybe... And we could have more um, interaction between this little group and, and us. Y una, y una vez por mes, por ejemplo, tener una llamada uh, por vía telemática, que hoy no es ningún problema. And then maybe, yeah. then maybe once a month we could have a, maybe a call or a video call yeah. with them. Esto with es lo group. que más motiva a un misionero. This is what motivates uh, us as dar, missionaries. Dar dinero es demasiado fácil. To give money is easy. Pero cuando alguien te llama But when somebody calls you para preguntar cómo está el cáncer de tu mujer o cómo está tus hijos, how, how is uh, your wife's cancer going? Or Entonces tú sientes que forman parte de un equipo. So you feel that you belong to a team. Uh -huh. Entonces tú das gracias a Dios And porque, you, you give thanks to God porque sientes que hay gente detrás. Because you feel that people is supporting you. Uh, uh, yeah. la, la soledad de un misionero, la soledad de los misioneros es tremenda. Otra cosa muy importante son las visitas. Uh, thing, uh, which is are the Porque entonces ustedes van a entender el contexto, las necesidades, yeah. las realidades. It's uh, much more easier when you come to to understand the, the background, the situation. And en esas visitas ustedes pueden hacer cosas prácticas. And you can come and do practical things. Pueden orar por nosotros. Or you can come and pray. No necesitan hablar español. You don't need to speak Spanish. Pero si lo aprenden mejor. If you learn it, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> y nosotros vamos a poder dar toda esa información. And we can give you information. El apoyo a proyectos específicos. And also to support specific projects. Porque estoy de acuerdo con mi compañero, es muy importante. I agree with uh, my co-worker here. It's important. Yeah. Y también... Eh, promover entre vuestros amigos u otras iglesias de aquí de Abulquerque o Nuevo México. And maybe you also could promote 
our missionary work with your friends or other churches here in Albuquerque in the area. Porque muchas veces nosotros, por ejemplo, nosotros no tenemos tanto contacto, no tenemos contacto, somos gente que conocemos muy poquita gente. Yeah, for us, for example, as foreigners, we don't have many contacts here in the states. Pero por qué no reunir varias iglesias hermanas, varias iglesias que tienen una visión misionera conjunta? But if you know other churches who have the same vision, y hacer esto mismo que estamos haciendo. And to do this uh, mission Sunday yeah, with, with them. Mm -hmm. And I say you congratulations for what we are doing today. Mm. Yes. I praise God. Let me do this. Let me let me shift a little bit here because I want I want to hear from each of you a little bit on this, um, and I think it's really important, church, for us to pay attention and clue in on on some of these items. But let me just ask you to be a little bit vulnerable and transparent, if I can be so bold. And 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 <clears throat> when I ask specifically of ways we can pray for you or things you're struggling with, right? There are seasons of life where sometimes life just is really good. You're like, man, I, this is. You know, the hardest thing on, on in front of me is a four out of ten. Um, I've been in ministry long enough to know that those are sweet seasons. You celebrate them, and you know that they're going to ine inevitably come to an end at some point. So if you're there, we'll praise God with you uh, that you find yourself in that place. But if not, um, we'd love to just hear your heart and how we can be praying for you. And church, this is where you should have that booklet out and make sure you're writing these things down so you can come back to this stuff Um, and ideally, we'd like to hear from all of you. Uh, but I say this because when they're done with this, they're going to go back to their seats and then we're going to gather around them. And that's how we're going to close our time together is praying over them. Um, so you don't want to tune out. You want to pay attention so you can pray uh, with with some sense of understanding and knowledge. So uh, whoever I, I, just bounce around, whoever's ready to share. Um, but I would love to hear from each of you. All right, I'll go. I'll go first. Um, I guess I want to piggyback on the last question a minute. Cindy and I like to use the word pray, give, touch, and go. And uh, those, those are four really important things. But prayer, don't ever take that as, as cliche, you know, because prayer is so important. And we, we often say, well, we'll pray for you or whatever. And that can just roll off as a nice, polite thing to say. But prayer is so important. But specific prayers for us, I think, uh, pray for Cindy and I. We're, we're tasked with an enormous monumental job of raising funds for a new campus and a new radio building. We've never raised that kind of money before. And uh, it just gets daunting to, to know we have to do that and to create our strategies and all that. And usually when we do that, God throws in a monkey wrench and here's all this money come in. And it's ways we didn't even ever plan it. And uh, he surprises us. So pray for us as we, we be able to do that. Pray for the Navajo church. You know, we're hit with this enormous motion or it feels like a wave is coming with the social issues. The LGBT community is coming in and beginning to harass our Christian president, vice president. And, uh, you know, there's just enormous pressure on them right now to, to bend to all of the social you know, change that's going on in our country today. You know, the, the country is going through this major philosophical mindset and it's really impacting us right now too so pray about that and Chuck, I guess uh, correct me if I'm wrong the Navajo president is a believer correct he's a very strong believer yeah, and okay. so is the vice president forgot what I was going to say <laughs> sorry I'm sorry <clears throat> if you think of it holler and we'll, we'll get that added on prayer request I'm going to get down again 
because this is this is as one of you and not because I'm a missionary. Watching my wife suffer unmercifully is unbearable. Please continue to pray for healing. I know that Paul in Scripture says that he stayed with his thorn in his flesh. Good for him. I'm glad. But this is too much. Medical doctors have said that there's no human healing. Please join in begging God to heal Catherine. It's unmerciful. Too much. We need healing. Thanks, Steve. I didn't know I was the missionary of the week, but in your uh, bulletin there, I can give you a, a couple of quick updates. Um, one of them, we asked you to pray for our search for a district superintendent, Steve Highfill, or who's been our superintendent for, I think, the last 26 years, is going to be uh, retired, effective the end of this year. And we do have news. Tim Jacobs will be our new district superintendent. Tim is currently the senior pastor at Compass Church in Goodyear, uh, Arizona, and we're ecstatic that uh, he will be leading our team. Uh, I actually, I think he's the youngest person on our team, so we, we kind of put our money where our mouth is when the senior leader retires. But if you've been in an organization, every organization tends to have about a one-year life cycle. So if you put that on your one-year list, because everything he faces and we face together with him will be new for one year, mm-hmm. and uh, then we'll have some some other things. I, I had written down a request to pray for the new church plants in our district, and that's always the fun thing. We, we're planting churches on a fairly regular basis. But you know what we oftentimes don't talk about is asking you to pray for the sick churches uh, in our district. When I began serving with EFCA, I thought about, you know, 25% of my time would be with uh, churches in crisis and 75% would be more, you know, proactive leadership training and all. And it's pretty close to the opposite of that. And so I find myself playing the role of emergency responder again uh, when churches and pastors and teams are in, in great crisis. And the impact that that has on one personally is you can become kind of cynical uh, over time. And so when people ask, Bob, how can I pray for you? As I want the same thing I had in my policing career, I want to be able to experience and minister, you know, some of the worst things that happen to humans or that humans do uh, on planet Earth, uh, some of the worst things that happen in churches, and be able to help people through those uh, without having them negatively impact my worldview or emotional health. And then one other thing, because I tend to work with churches in crisis, um, I always ask people to pray that I would have wisdom and discernment. I consider those the two pillars from which good advice are, that support good advice. If I don't have wisdom, if I don't uh, have discernment, um, then the advice I give isn't going to be any good. And so I just always ask, ask for people to pray that, that when I work with churches that uh, I would experience those things beyond myself and beyond my own preparation. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. Um, I, I would just ask for prayer that uh, same thing, the wisdom. Um, it's, it's hard to sometimes decide where God wants you to go and how he wants you to proceed. And uh, he doesn't always make that path very clear. And so um, that wisdom is really important. Um, and we, I think everybody here could use that wisdom and uh, what he wants from us. Because sometimes we have to make decisions and, and it's, it's difficult. Um, 
I also would just ask that you just pray for um, the people that you know that are struggling financially, uh, and even for yourself, to not let finances be a negative influence in your life. I think we all struggle and battle with this. Like I said, there's, there's a reason God talks about this so much in the Bible, and we can't just shy away from it. We can't ignore it. Um, you know, everybody here relies on good stewardship from everybody out there, and so we have to be intentional with every single dollar, and it's not just something that you just tithe and cut a check. I mean, there's so much deeper meaning to uh, what money does to our hearts and how it distracts us from, from what God really wants from us. And so I just pray that, you know, I just ask that all of us just pray for the people that we know, that we can just transform the way we view money as a society. Um, not that it's a measurement of success, but we can use it to be really intentional with what God wants to do with our lives and, and with this world. I think it's just a, it's a powerful tool that he's given us, and I think that we a lot of times don't use it appropriately. And so my challenge to all of you, and uh, same accountability for me, is, is just that we use that to, to glorify him and really in a way that he wants us to use it. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> a, a personal prayer request uh, would be just in my role. It's easy to uh, approach a day and take on the, the challenges of it. Uh, in my own strength, you know, and just, just, I'm working at it and I just get on a roll and I think I'm, I'm doing a great job. And then I, I, I wake up halfway through the day and go, when did, when did I ever commit this to the Lord? You know, and, and why am I feeling so drained right now? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, this is on me, you know, and, uh, yes, he gives skill and yes, he gives abilities and, and, uh, time and health and all that, that we can use, but, uh, being intentional about it. It's, it's easy to fall into the trap of, I'm just going to do this on my own, you know. And, and uh, uh, funny enough, the last time I, I was very, really intentional about it, well, I've, I've been more intentional about it lately, but that, you made a very clear point of it. And that, that day, everything just blew up on me. <laughs> I'm like, well, at least, at least you're with me, Lord. I know that because I asked you. Um, and I, I would imagine all of us, you know, we, we, you, know it's, it's, it, you can get overcome by just what's before you and forget that this is, we're joining in the Lord's work. We're not doing this on our own. And uh, it's a trap to fall into. So pray for me. Pray for all of us throughout Healing Arts Ministry. I'm sure for the rest of us here um, that we don't fall into that trap uh, or stay long in it, but get back on our knees and and make each day one that we're approaching with uh, Lord first, you know, and and saying, how do we join Him in what He's going to do in that day? Um, as, As an organization, Pray for pray for the counselors we have out there, the men and the women uh, that are on the front lines that I support through my work. Uh, when they take this calling on, um, they do so with great joy, but they do so at great cost. Uh, it's not just time that they're investing into this, but they're um, they're they're entering into people's lives in in, in tough places, and that can wear them down. I've I've seen that in their lives uh, where it's it's a burden. It's one they carry willingly with the Lord, but pray for them as they go into those conversations and as they bring the light of the gospel into them that, uh, again, it doesn't overcome them. Or, or um, Also, just the physical aspect of that. A lot of times, this becomes a, uh, uh, they become a lightning rod for a lot of things in life that uh, Satan comes against them because they're doing great work. So, pray for them um, and uh, that, that they just be preserved that God continue to, to allow them to, to be effective in their counsel and, and wise and, and how they ap- apply it each time with each case. So, Awesome. Thanks, Alan. Sabiduría para... Bueno, la primera sería una acción de gracias. The first one would be a praise. Porque los controles de Natalie sobre su cáncer van bien. 
because the controls uh, of mine <laughs> from my cancer has good. Pero es una cosa que da gracias a Dios. So it's something we can give thanks. Mm -hmm. Lo segundo sería orar por el crecimiento de la iglesia de Pozo Blanco. And then we could, you could pray for the growth of the church of Pozo Blanco. Estamos haciendo reformas. We are making some uh, building. Haremos la uh, campaña el próximo changes. verano. And we will do the the outreach y para todo eso summer. y para todo eso hace falta dinero también sabiduría para las transiciones que estamos ahora mismo pasando he sido director de la misión durante 20 años y ahora estamos pasándolo a otra persona para enfocarme en el tema de plantación so de iglesias entonces sabiduría es muy importante para todos nosotros porque es muy difícil muchas veces cuál es la decisión correcta ¿no? Fondos personales, tenemos déficit, un No acostumbramos a vivir con lo que tenemos, pero no es muy agradable vivir con déficit. Y algo que pasó ayer, que es increíble, And sometimes, uh, which happened yesterday, el centro de rehabilitación necesita comprar una furgoneta y es un proyecto de 24.000 dólares, 24.000 euros. 24, euros Ayer, yesterday, la mayor empresa de leche de la zona, la mayor empresa de la zona, the biggest, uh, Enterprise of milk y, ningún, in the area, y no hay ninguno evangélico with no any Christian in, in there. y es una carrera solidaria They organized a, a marathon or race, Solidarity y hubo 900 personas es el año que más gente ha corrido The year where most people have participated. Y han donado para el proyecto el 24% del valor. And they will give to the project 24%. Gente wow. inconversa. People who are not Christian. Y eso hay que darle muchas gracias so a Dios. Ahora también para que encontremos la otra parte. Now también. you can pray that we can find the 56%. Pero es, <laughs> es emocionante cuando Dios trabaja en las personas inconversas. But it's it's exciting to see. Uh, when God uh, works uh, in the lives of people who are not no Christian yet, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Amen. Can we thank these guys for being with us? Here's here's what I'd ask you guys to do. If you would go back to your seats, why don't you do that right now? I'm going to have you go back to your seats. As they go back to their seats, don't, but don't sit down. Just stand there. And then once, once they get to their seats, what we want to do is we're going to gather around them uh, as a church, and we're going, to, we're going to close our time together by praying over them. Um, so go ahead and head back to your seats. And then at the end of the time, I'll give some instructions on the potluck and things of that nature.